Hey, hey, it's Kinsey Ray. Welcome to the Happier Days podcast, where we discuss tools, ideas, and strategies to help you create a winning mindset and strong habits to overcome life's challenges and become the best version of yourself. When you love this episode, I kindly ask that you subscribe and leave a five-star review. It really helps my message find the people that need it. Please tag me on Instagram with your biggest takeaway at KinseyRay.W. That's K-I-N-S-E-Y-R-A-Y.W. Now let's dive into the episode. Good morning, Giants. Welcome to Wake Up With Giants TV. Oh my gosh, today we have an amazing episode. In today's episode, you're going to learn how to have a happier day or happier days. <laughs> Plural. <laughs> so come with us. We're going to wake up the inner giant. Good morning, Giants. Welcome to Wake Up With Giants TV. I'm Ryan Morris, co-host of Wake Up With Giants TV and the co-creator of A Tribe of Giants on Facebook. And this is Nicholas T. Smith, the author of The Giants and the Smalls and the much-anticipated Tortoise's Hair that is going to be coming out later this year because if you people, you guys did that. So... Nick wrote it. You guys cr- helped create it. So we are so grateful I, for honestly, you. Honestly, I wrote it because I was jealous. <laughs> yes. <Right>? He <laughs> wrote this thing in eighth grade. So I, did, I yeah. don't remember anything I wrote in eighth grade. It's It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Uh, I am so excited for our guest today. But before we do, uh, this week, I think it is the Thursday the 15th, Sum Gigante... 12, 10, 10, 10, yep. 10, 12 will be coming up after 11 and after 10. <laughs> so we're not anytime yeah. soon, so. Nope. So if you want to sign up for any of those, you're welcome to, but currently it's 10. Uh, I need yeah. more monster and I need to learn from Kinsey Ray how to have happier days because well, mine days. Yeah, it's interesting. The link in the uh, in the bottom, you'll see it scrolling across. It says Twelve Journeys Coaching. So go to that. You can read all about the program. If you have questions, reach out to us, and we'd be happy to answer those for you. So we are we do funny. Thursday. Yeah, we, yeah, we do funny. That's fun. That's for sure. <laughs> Good morning, Helena. All right, I'm going to introduce our guest. Uh, we are super excited to introduce. Kinsey Ray. So she's currently reigning as Miss Utah International, and she's leveraged her platform to take a strong stand against self-harm, dedicating herself to bring awareness to this widespread issue. She is a visionary behind the Happier Days mission, an initiative that promotes emotional health and resilience. And through her enlightening Happy, Happier Days podcast and insightful ebook, she teaches her audience to forge a winning mindset and robust habits. Her work is designed to guide people in navigating life's challenges and empower them to evolve into the best version of themselves. And she is a tireless advocate for mental health and personal development and is here today to share her wisdom and experiences. So, Kenzie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. That was a that was a good introduction. That sounded like did you write that? 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> people on the spot, right? Uh, we, uh, you know, this is a this is a great topic. So we're going to talk about having happier days. And I'm I'm curious about the self harm movement. I don't know if you want to start there, or if you want to go into your story. Where did you get your start in this? Why did you wake up to doing this specifically? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we can dive deep. We can go deep into yeah, first I, and see where we land. Absolutely. Uh, I know I know self-harm can be a heavy topic for a lot of people. And I like to hopefully talk about a heavy topic in a lighter way to help bring awareness to it. Um, but more importantly, help create solutions. I think awareness is one thing like, okay, we're aware this is a problem but awareness doesn't solve anything. Mm. So to take you guys back, this has been a 16 year mission of mine. And it started from my own personal experience with self-harm as a teenager. And when I went through that experience as a teenager, it was obviously one of the hardest experience of my life. It sent me on a very long healing road to recovery, uh, learning how to accept and forgive and love myself with my scars. And going through that experience, I felt very alone. I remember when I was 15 years old in the thick of my depression, uh, struggling with self-harm, had hundreds of scars all over my legs, and I was just miserable. And I felt like my life was going to be just filled with sadness forever. It felt suffocating. I didn't see a way out. And I remember every single day I prayed to be able to find a woman who understood me. She was older. She was happy, but she had scars like me. She struggled like me. She understood depression. She understood self-harm, but she had made it to the other side. She was happy. She was healed and she was thriving. Someone who could, who could give me that hope to keep going. And I prayed every day to find her, but I never found her. So my life mission became to become that woman for somebody mm. else. Because as much as I would like to pretend that it's not a problem for people anymore, one in six girls will struggle with self-harm. So there are people right now that you know, that I know that are currently struggling with self-harm. And I know they feel that same way, that their life is destined to be sad, sad and depressed and live in shame and embarrassment for forever. And I yeah. hope to be that light to show people that's not the case. So when we, uh, when we dive into our journey, so we start with the heavier journeys for this reason, because somebody might be really struggling and they don't know how to break free from it. We have people that on the outside, they seem successful, right? Everything's going well. Nobody would ever know. And, mm -hmm. but on the inside, they feel like imposters. They feel like they'll never measure up. They feel, uh, if they're seen, they're, they're afraid of vulnerability, right? They don't want the world to know their private life and what's really going on behind the scenes. And so we want to provide a way out of that and a way of healing that. And that's why we do the programs that we do. So I really want to slow down with this. I want to go into the mindset okay. that creates self-harm because self-harm is a, oh, a symptom, would you say, of what's going on inside of you? And so, yeah, yeah go ahead. What came up? Uh, yeah. So self-harm, it's, it's a coping skill. And I dive deep okay. on this in my ebook because I feel like self-harm is widely misunderstood. Mm -hmm. The most common thing that comes to mind when people hear self-harm is cutting. It's taking a razor blade to your skin and then physically harming yourself. What most people don't realize is there are so many forms of self-harm. 
a lot of people engage in self-harm actively and they don't know when you binge drink alcohol or binge eat food, substance abuse, uh, violence, all of that, when you, when you are feeling a negative emotion yeah. and then you go and use a negative tool to cope and process that emotion, that's a form of self-harm. R- Ryan's is. Ryan's is monster energy. Uh, I just became aware of some things as you were talking about that. (laughs) 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 But but keep going because it's more than one form. It's not just cutting. It's anything that keeps you from really sitting with, with that, those heavier emotions and thoughts, right. Or judgments. So it's to numb, run away and press, suppress those emotions instead of just sitting with them and processing them in a healthy way. Right. Mm. So having a glass of wine at dinner with your husband because you're on a date night. No, that's not self-harm. But, you know, if you have a bad day at work and your response to process those hard emotions is to come home and have a drink. Well, maybe we need to look at that activity and see, can we process that hard day and those bad emotions in a healthier way? Hmm. Yeah. Ryan, did you have a thought? Well, yeah. I mean, more of a realization, um, you know, is, is yeah. Like sometimes, um, in the past when I would have those hard moments or those, those negative thoughts, it was like, okay, what can I do to not feel that currently? And that was, you know, in your case that, that came out in cutting the actual physical cutting of on, you know, and so it was an external, you know, you could see it from the outside or you tried to hide it, right? When you drink or, or do drugs or do anything other, you know, a lot of people can't see that stuff mm-hmm. and, but it's still there. And so I just had this awareness of like, okay, what, when do I do that? And what do I do that with? Um, so then I can be aware of it and then start processing those emotions in a more healthier way. So thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. That's that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, they, like we'll stumble all over each other today, so it's perfect. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead and finish your thought, and then I'll share. So uh, yeah, so that is something that I love educating people on, and I talk about deep in my ebook is creating that awareness around your habits and when you're feeling that yucky emotion, you're sad, you're depressed, you failed you someone made a mean comment to you on social media pay attention what is my initial reaction of what am i going to do am i going to go drink am i going to go do drugs am i going to go to the gym am i going to go for a walk am i going to just sit and meditate like pay attention to what your current patterns are because then that awareness is a guiding post of where you can start to make changes and say "Mm, i don't love that i went and got a drink because i was feeling a negative emotion. What can I change in that place and put a positive habit in place? Yeah, we find that people get really, <laughs> then really <drink>. hard. And then, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. From a happy space, right? Yeah. But we, uh, we find that people are really, really hard on themselves when they wake up to what it is that they do at a non-conscious level. So a lot of this goes back to development and not really, you know, learning how to, to manage these more intense emotions there's a, an acronym that's called TTEA, Thoughts, Emotions, Actions. And, and I, you know, if, if T wasn't so catchy, right, they'd probably say judgments, emotions, and actions. Because out of all the processes that go on every day in your mind, you really only latch on to the ones that you're judging or the ones that 
you you know hit up against your value systems or your belief systems and then based on how you think you're doing you're judging yourself over how you think you're doing in comparison to what you think you should be then we start to feel these emotions and then we don't know don't know how to regulate those and then we shame ourselves for not knowing how to do it or for doing whatever we do and it just spirals into this really negative cycle and so you know how how do you navigate waking up to your non-conscious ways of being from a compassionate and i would say self-compassionate point of view and i'm going to give you a little context and then i'll turn it over is that okay yeah yeah I'll be quick i'll be efficient so the the self-compassion the the being willing to suffer with but but internally right those we usually are pretty good about suffering with other people and sitting with them and their suffering but we have a hard time doing that with ourselves. And so when I say self-compassion, that's what I mean is being willing to suffer with those parts of ourselves that are struggling. Mm-hmm. All right, your turn. So what do you, what are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful because it's, it's been a, a journey for me that when I struggled with self-harm, it yeah. was finding that self-compassion for myself and not not being angry at myself and hating myself for what I did. That was such a journey to find that forgiveness, the acceptance, and then that self-compassion of loving myself for that experience. And it's not that I'm condoning self-harm or encouraging it, but I had to come to a place of self-acceptance instead of self-loathing and yeah. say, hey, this was your journey. This was your experience. It happened. You didn't know better. You didn't have better emotional regulating tools. You didn't have better coping skills at the time. So I forgive myself. And now I'm still human. I still wake up and I struggle with depression. I struggle with my mental health. I struggle with bad days. And instead of shaming myself for those emotions, I've created an awareness that emotions aren't the enemy. Having bad habits or having bad patterns or bad uh, thoughts, it's not the enemy. It's part of the human experience. And I think when people can create that awareness is feeling emotions on every end of the spectrum, having hard experiences on every end of the the spectrum is part of the human experience. Yeah. And so when you realize everyone's going through it and it is what we signed up for, for being here, you no longer have to shame it. You can just say, Hey, I'm feeling a yucky emotion. That doesn't make me bad, wrong. Nothing, nothing's wrong with me. I'm just going to sit with it, honor it. I'm valid in feeling this. That is one of my biggest tools is when I'm having a bad day, when I'm feeling upset, those negative emotions, I'm valid in being upset. Someone was a jerk to me. I'm valid in having my feelings hurt because of that mean comment. It's okay to feel this. I'm going to sit with it and I'm going to use one of my healthy tools to process it and move forward. And that way I don't have to hate myself for it. Yeah. I I have dialogue with myself. I'm like, dude, I get it. You know, I'll, I'll talk to myself <laughs> and I'm talking to another human. You know, it's like, hey, I, I get it. That sucks. I'm sorry you went through that. Just like I would with a coaching client. I, you know, I'll sit with them and in, in dialogue and help them to separate from their emotions and their thoughts. Well, I try and do that for myself. And that's what I want to mirror in them is have a dialogue with that part of you as though you're talking to another human being. Like you just mm-hmm. said, it's, it's, Hey, I'm a human. I get to have what I'm having. It's validated. I'm not broken or wrong. All the things that we make ourselves feel right. Right. What, yeah. What other, what are the thoughts around that? So you mentioned fully feeling your feelings. Why is that so important? 
Because I believe the more that we try and run away from our feelings and run away from our emotions, they just get bottled up, they get pushed down, they get pushed down, and eventually it's going to explode, right? If you shake up a a carbonated drink enough, it's eventually going to explode if you don't release that pressure, if you don't sit with it. And I tried to run away from emotions for years. I tried to run away from stuff that I didn't want to deal with and I didn't want to look at for years thinking, oh, if I just run away from it, if I push it down, if I numb away from it, do every other thing that I can think of besides just sitting with it, yeah, it just gets worse. It shows up in different areas of my life. It affects everything. So I've learned the fastest way through a hard situation or hard emotions is to face it head on and huh. to just sit with it and process it and journal it and meditate on it and just say, okay, this is a season. And I believe every season of life is here to teach me something. Every hardship is here to teach me something. Yeah. I love your relationship with emotions now, right? Like there's not that many emotions. Mm -hmm. You have 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. Those lead to emotions. And we, we, we like push away those emotions. We don't know what to do with them. We're not Mm -hmm. taught those tools. And so we learn through through experiences and then that experiences shapes our reality. And if we're doing the the things that cause self-harm or it could cause a perpetual problem, uh, you know, like you, you didn't know how to fix it. You weren't taught those tools, you know, like there was things that I weren't wasn't taught, but I learned and did that weren't beneficial to me. And the older I got, the worse they, the, 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 that started affecting other parts of my life. And as, as you start to realize that emotions are there for a reason, they're there to help you recognize some, th- some things. And if you can change that perspective, um, it, sometimes it takes some, some help because it can get to an extreme like self-harm. Um, sometimes those self-harm things come from being a certain way for so long that now negative uh, impact is happening in your life. Um, and that was more of, of how it was for me. I wasn't, you know, doing cutting or, or, you know, super self-harm things, but things that were coming in because of my way of being that were causing harm in my relationships and friendships and workplace and, and different things like that. But as I started to become aware of my emotions and then changing my perspective and then knowing what to do with those emotions, that's when real change started to happen. And then the more I processed and and became um, more efficient and better and better at at recognizing those emotions and doing exactly what you said to do, feeling them and sitting with them, journaling and meditating and, 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 and working through the emotions. um, Now it, they come up, stuff still comes up with me. And some things hit harder. Some things knock me down for a little bit longer mm-hmm. still. It's life. But I know what to do with the emotions. And that's really the key is, is building your toolbox. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth probably. But yeah. that's a lot what I'm hearing you say is learn how to, how to handle those emotions. And the more tools you can fit inside your toolbox when something comes up, you can go, oh, that hammer goes here just kind of tap that nail back into place over here, you know, and things like that. Is that, is that accurate? I feel like yeah. I'm rambling. 
No, absolutely. It's it's accurate and it's so powerful. It's it's underestimated, in my opinion, of the importance and the power of creating that emotional toolbox. Because my my theory is, and this is why I'm just like hell bent on getting my Happier Days mission out there and educating people on this, is most people think, and I thought this after my struggle with self-harm, I went through this really traumatic, intense, crazy experience when I was 15 years old. And after I got through that, I was like, never again, we are, we are not doing that. Absolutely not. I will never get to that place again. I was naive. And I thought, you're good. You go through something that dark, that intense, that heavy for the period that you did, like you're in the clear with your mental health. And so I didn't develop habits. I didn't develop my toolkit. I didn't change anything about my way of being. And I was not prepared for what life had next for me. When my sister died when I was 19. Hmm. And so then that sent me into a whole nother spiral of negative emotions that hmm. I was not equipped to deal with. And I didn't go back to my previous form of self-harm, but I sure found other forms of self-harm to navigate those emotions, which took me down a very dangerous, dangerous path. And so it's not a matter of if life is going to happen to you. It's a matter of when we all will have grief, Tragedy, failure, trauma, we will all experience that. And so it's critical to create that emotional toolbox. So when life happens, it doesn't have to send you down this negative rabbit hole that completely derails your life. A hard season will still be hard, but I think we make it so much harder by negative emotional coping skills. Mm. Yeah, I tried to run from my emotions forever, but they're they're fast little fuckers. <laughs> they they always catch up, you know. It's like uh, you really have to face them. I love Barry McDonough's work where he talks about facing your emotions. The moment you face your emotions, they dissolve naturally on their own. And and the running from it is the challenge. I think when you know Glennon Doyle, we talk about her a lot in our our love programs. Her. She said that you know she was taught that uh, happiness was for feeling and everything else was for stuffing. And the more she stuffed it, the more alcohol and food and booze and other things she had to stuff in to just stay alive, to keep going. So she wrote on her mirror, "Feel it all," and mm -hmm. that it ties into what Gabor Mate says. You know, around trauma is ungrieved grief, and all these all these things are about feeling and grieving and doing the things where we actually navigate these emotions. But like you said, head on, we're, we're no longer running from them. We're no longer afraid of them. We're no longer trying to pretend like they're not there. In fact, we're allowing them to come along. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about acceptance and acknowledgement. So how important is acceptance when it comes to uh, navigating your emotions? Oh, it's, it's huge. It's okay. the concept of realizing this is nothing wrong with me. And that is what really started my struggle with self-harm when I was 15, because this isn't talked about. That is like the title of my ebook, the class I wish was taught in school. If somebody would have told me this in school, so much could have been avoided is when I was 15 years old and I was feeling depression, I was comparing myself to all the other girls in school, feeling like a loser. I did, felt like I didn't fit in. People weren't very nice to me. And I was feeling all these intense emotions. I looked at everyone else. I was like, oh, they're all happy. They all seem fine. They don't seem that they're feeling these things that I'm feeling. Something's wrong with you. You are broken. You're defective. And so that was the story is I was shaming myself instead of just accepting this is a part of being a teenager. 
And it's so funny now as I've gotten older and talked to people that I went to high school with or talked to people about their high school experience, everyone felt the same way. Hmm. Even the popular kids, they're like, I didn't fit in. Nobody liked me. What are you talking about? You were the popular kid. What do you mean you didn't fit in? Yeah. So we all have this normal human experience that's filled with so many crazy, crazy emotions. And so not shaming yourself and just accepting this is a part of being human. How can I navigate it? What can I learn from it? How can I grow from it? And that's what I always ask myself in the hard hard emotions, the hard seasons, where's the silver lining? Mm. Where's the lesson? What am I supposed to learn here? And so that helps me accept it instead of shaming myself for it. And also looking for the path for growth. Einstein said that once we accept our limitations, we go beyond them, which Mm. I find fascinating because the one thing we don't want to face is our, or are our limitations or our reality. We don't want to look at it and say, I'm, this is what is, uh, we want to run past it or resist it or deny it, but it is what it is. And it's not a resignation statement. It's just simply, this is what's going on in your world. This is what has happened. And the moment you can give voice to that, there's power in giving voice to whatever's going on. I, I strive, you know, in my communications through the tribe and my, my post is, this is what's going on in my world. And I share it more openly than most. Some people are like, dude, you way overshare. And, <laughs> and that's probably true. But, but for me, it works because it helps me to break free from what is. Because I bind myself up in my story about what is. And that mm-hmm. vulnerability allows me to release myself from that story. But, you know, that, that could also turn into, um, I'm going to play with this martyrdom, right? Where, where you do that, but not to change it. You do that because of what it brings to you, right? You share your story vulnerably, not because you're willing to change it, but because it creates empathy and sympathy and other things from other people so that you can keep doing the same thing you've always done. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Can you, can you speak to that? Absolutely. I'm I'm a huge believer of vulnerability. I think vulnerability yeah. is your superpower. I think uh, I've worked so hard to create authenticity, and that is why I will share my ugly story about self harm and self doubt and failure. And I'll tell people the truth because yeah. it's so easy to look at someone on social media and say, "Oh, they've never struggled with anything." And I was a model for a decade, so I know the way people put people on pedestals on social media. Oh, it's so nice to be you. You're perfect. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Let me show you. The you have no idea, stuff. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so come hang out I, for a day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's powerful. It's it's inspired a lot of people. It's empowered a lot of people. It's given people that life that I was talking about. Join them. They're not alone. They can heal. But my rule with vulnerability is mm. if I'm going to be vulnerable. And I'm going to tell you my ugly stuff. And I'm going to tell you my story of failure, my story of self-harm, story of struggle, whatever I'm going through. My rule of thumb is so I don't fall into that. I'm just doing this for sympathy. I'm just doing this for attention is I have to tell you what I'm learning and the silver lining. Mm. I have to tell you how I'm navigating through it to get to the other side or the lesson or the growth from it. I can't just sit on here and complain or be vulnerable or tell you the ugly if I don't have the solution. And if I don't have the solution yet, 
I don't talk about it because I know it's a it's a tricky cycle you can get into of just saying, well, here's everything going on and being vulnerable. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's happy. It's well, happy for other people to listen to. Other, other people listen to it or read it. And they get about like a, they read the first section and they're like, yeah. and, and they don't finish the, like the solution part. This is what I'm doing part, but they'll read that first section. And they'll reach out. Hey, sounds like, it. and I love that. Thank you for that. But also I've got this, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, um, it's not looking for that rescue. It's, it's looking for, it's almost an expression. It's almost like uh, when I was a teenager, you had a pimple, you're like, Oh, that freaking hurts. I, you know, you just want to get rid of the pain. It, it's almost like an, an expression. That was a gross like example of what I'm talking about here. <laughs> but that, you know, Edith Eager talks about expression as the opposite of depression. And, and that expression releases some energy and, and, and pressure. But also, like you said, it's a commitment to do something about it. It's not just I'm sharing so that you'll have sympathy for me. It's this is what's going on in my world. And this is what I'm doing about it. And in some cases, I could use some eyes on it. I could use some wisdom around this and, and I'll ask for that. But sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just sharing and this is my solution. This is what I'm going to work on, right? Like what, what you're describing. Yeah. And I think, that, I think that's so powerful and it's okay to ask for help. And I think that's an important thing to say, especially in uh, in this context of talking about mental health and self-harm. It's okay yeah. to, to make a post and say, hey, I'm not okay. I need help, but also make sure that that's what you're saying not just because I'm also a firm believer that if you focus on the negativity, if you focus on what's wrong, if you focus on complaining and everything that's not going right, you're going to get more of it. So I always see the people that are doing that vulnerability complaining thing on social media without the solution. Yeah. Yeah. And then I notice it just, they keep doing it and keep doing it. You're stuck in this cycle of attracting more negativity to you. Can you find the silver lining to start to get out of this story? Yeah, I remember there was a, I worked with a gentleman years ago and, and, you know, when I was doing coaching and consulting, he'd come in and he'd just sit in my office. He was a coworker and then he'd dump all his stuff. Right. And, and then he'd leave. And so one day I, I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm not your dumping station. <laughs> I can't be. Like, if you're going to work on this stuff, that's great. But you can't just come in here and just dump your shit all over me and then walk out of the room. That doesn't work for me. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm here to support, but you've also got to do your part, right? Mm-hmm. And and I understand the power in expression, uh, but also, you know, to recognize where that, where that belongs, you know, that you're not just putting your stuff over in somebody else's lap and saying, well, good luck. Have a great day, right? Yeah. I think that's a tool too to learn because yeah. they might not have been taught that right. They don't know, or or maybe it's the awareness of it. When once you can help somebody, it'd be a kind of a something you would handle gently, probably. Yeah, because yeah. that could sit, send them down a, a, a harder path. Um, but where you can talk to that person and say, "Hey, this is what I'm noticing." Out of love, you're coming in and dumping, and you're not not taking the responsibility here's the tools or, or whatnot. To, to be clear, we, we did, you know, it's not, Oh yeah. I know he would just be like, oh, <laughs> good luck. Good luck <laughs> Nick, brother. Nick, Nick is very good at closing the wounds. I'm just, maybe I'm just reiterating yeah, for yeah. those of you that like maybe have somebody like that in your life. 
it's probably not a great <laughs> idea to like just like that's on you you know like stop yeah, it don't right. you know like because uh, you don't know everything that they're going right. through or how they might handle that that uh that news because <laughs> it might be news to them yeah uh, yeah, good. But I can yeah, see. I can see. Good point for sure. Anyway, can I give a little tip on that for anyone no. who might be struggling uh, with that? Okay, okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm still human. Just, just spoiler alert. What? You guys know I'm not perfect. Um, oh, so geez. I will get stuck in my, you know, ways of complaining and being frustrated over stuff and not being solution oriented. And my husband is such an amazing support, such a great soundboard for me. And he will help catch me in that when I'm kind of just dumping and I'm complaining and I'm just being in a not super positive space. And he's always so gentle with me because he knows I can be sensitive. So for anyone out there with sensitive sallies, they don't want to offend someone, <laughs> but you can see that they're in this, this cycle and this pattern. Yeah. He always is so gentle with asking solution oriented questions. Well, what are what are you going to do about it? How can we change this? What action can we take to move forward in this? And so he's always not, hey, you're being a complainer. Stop doing that. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he's always just really gentle with asking solution oriented questions to help me realize, oh, you're you're being a complainer and we need to focus on the yeah, solution yeah. instead of the problem. Well, let's talk about assertiveness then, you know, assertiveness versus aggression, because that's where it could turn into that aggressive behavior of you're just, you're just a pain in the butt. You're just dumping. I don't want you to, you know, bring your stuff to me. And that's not what it's about, but, but sometimes we, we really need to communicate what's going on in here for us. And a lot of people have never been taught how to assert what's going on without becoming aggressive. You know, they, they, they turn angry because they want something, they want to say something, but they're just like, they just blurt it out in a way that's harmful. Whereas assertiveness, there's a power in being able to speak your, your internal world boldly. Do you have some tools around that? Yeah. So my back to my husband has been such a great teacher for me yeah. in this and learning how to communicate. It's such an important thing in marriages is learning how to communicate together, being nice, being assertive, not being aggressive, being mindful of each other's yeah. feelings. And so sometimes he does need to tell me the blatant truth of how things are, but needs to do it in a, in a sensitive and assertive way, not an aggressive way. And so he asked me my most dreaded question that I know when he asks me and I'm not going to want to hear the answer, yeah, but yeah. anytime I'm talking to him and, you know, venting, getting stuff off my chest, cause you do need a safe space to just say how things are. Yeah. He says, can I give you some advice? Mm. He asked for permission. So instead of just saying, well, this is what you're doing wrong. This is why it's not working. This is the problem. Da, 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 da. And that's how it will feel to me if he doesn't say that. that so that's when the Wonder Woman bracelets come out and you're like, cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching. I'm not listening to that. But bang. It's like reflect <laughs> deflecting off your, you know, your your shield here. It's like, I didn't ask for your permission or your, your advice, right? <laughs> He knows I'll get defensive. He just comes at me with his yeah. solution of what he's seen from what I say. And so yeah. he'll just say, can I give you some advice? And I know when he asks that question, I'm not going to like what he has to say. <laughs> and so especially if I'm like super kind of frustrated, I'll yeah. like pause. And I'm like, 
I really want to say no, but I know I need help with this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can give me advice. And then when I agree to it, and if yeah. it still isn't something that I want to hear, I know I agreed to hear this feedback. And I might still not like it in the moment, but I don't get defensive and I can go sit with it later. And I almost always realize he's right. And yeah. So, yeah. so that's a, a great tool is if you're communicating with someone and you do want to give them honest feedback, if you know they might not like the answer, ask for permission. Can I give you some feedback? Can I give you advice? And yeah. guess what? The answer might be no. And if the answer is no, okay, no problem. Yeah, I like that, uh, Steve. That's that's perfect. You know, Ryan and I, we we uh, in addition to this, we run a RV dealership together, and so more than ever, we're we're together at that dealership eight eight to ten hours a day. And so you start to learn about people, right? And one thing we're learning around there is communication. And and honestly, I've got a long road ahead of me to learn <laughs> how to not be such a dick about what I, what's going on inside of me. You know, it's but it, but it's it's powerful because you know you have somebody else that's in too in that you know whether it's a relationship or business partnership, it's all about communication. And so being w- willing to assert, look, this is what's going on for me. And have somebody else hold space for that. And then, you know, even if you don't like what they're going to share next, you can still go sit, uh, sit with it, think about it, and then come back to it. Right. And, and, uh, you know, when others see, I do the same thing. I avoid having conversation because I know <laughs> what they're going to say and I know I'm in the wrong. So I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't want to do this, but I know it needs to be, it needs to happen. Um, so, you know, just opening up, like you're saying, opening up to the possibility that there's something you need to hear, even if you don't want to hear it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, it was a great ramble and I appreciate you giving me space to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the higher level, you know, uh, tools here, because we talk about gratitude and empowerment. And I feel like you've talked about that throughout. And then we want to go into, you know, changing it because, it's, it's one thing to be able to create peace with what is and, and get to a state where it's good enough. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have your emotions gone. It's like people, I think people think they need to get rid of this so that they can move forward. You don't because I've created some amazing things with some real mess going on in here. Yeah. And so getting into that state of, of, you know, getting good enough that you start looking forward um, you look into the unknown, the uncertainty. So we're going to go into that a little bit. How do you navigate the unknown that the not knowing what's going to happen next, right? In your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you, do I, you like uncertainty? Do you, do you embrace it? Do you avoid it? Tell me about that. I feel like uncertainty is inevitable in this life. I don't know what's going to happen right after this call. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I learned this Unfortunately, fortunately, at a very young age, when my sister unexpectedly got diagnosed with cancer, mm. she was 26 years old and passed away six months later. That was like, what do you oh, mean, yeah. right? You yeah. think you know how life is supposed to go and then boom, something happens. And so I've learned that uncertainty is just a part of life. And I, I experience it. No, I don't love it. I don't think anyone likes uncertainty, but a new phrase that my husband just told me about is control your controllables, right? The life is uncertain. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I could die tomorrow. I hope not. Well, I got a lot of other stuff to do, but like, hopefully that doesn't happen. But all I can do 
is control the things that I can control. That's my, my mindset. That's the time that I wake up. That's the food that I eat. That's my habits. That's how I show up. It's the messages I share. And when I can focus on those things, how I show up on a day-to-day basis, minute by minute, the uncertainty becomes less overwhelming mm. because I'm very certain in this moment of who I am and how I show up that I don't have to stress about the future. And I know whatever's meant to be will be. And I have to do my part of growing, developing every day and taking courageous steps forward into the unknown, into what could be on the projects that are on my heart. And I know life has a very beautiful way of working out however it's going to. And it might not always be how I think it's supposed to, but it's always better than I could ever. Yeah. There's some elements of uh, surrender inside of that and nurturing, you know, doing whatever you can do, controlling the controllables. We call Mm -hmm. that the journey of nurture. It's, it's growing where you can grow, but the uncertainty, you know, to be able to look into it and say, I I truly don't know what's going to happen next. Even in this show, we don't know. We didn't plan this out. There's no like script that we've been, we have some, some place markers along the way for sure, but it could go in any direction and life operates that way. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There was a gentleman that I, I worked with uh, that, that bought an RV and, and he, uh, he told, he was talking to me. Some people open up. It's, it's weird. You know, they, they open up, but he was talking about being in Mexico and he was driving through a, a town there and the cartels pulled him over. The police pulled him over and then another truck pulled in and the police left. And these guys took him out to the middle of a, a field where there was a pit dug and they put him in that pit and they stripped him of everything, everything, including his truck, cars, wallet, any identification and had a gun pointed at him. They were ready to shoot him. He knew he was going to die in that moment. And somebody got a phone call and they, they ended up leaving. The cartel left and left him out in the middle of the desert you know, with nothing. He ended up living. And prior to that time, he said that he, he would always save money. He was always worried about the next day and doing, you know, putting things off. And he told me that I will never put things off again. He said, if I, if I want to go on a vacation with my family, I'm going to go on a vacation with my family at that time. Right. Because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He said it shifted his whole view where he stopped living for that, you know, putting things off, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and started living in the moment. Right. Right. And, and that's kind of like what you're describing with your sister. You don't, you don't know, like she's so young and then all of a sudden she's gone. Right. And there's no getting that back. And so anything you would have put off there, there could be that regret about putting it off. Mm -hmm. So really like the uncertainty is get into the moment right now. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I think that's where I was going with that. (laughs) Yeah. Like embrace it. Right. You you have to like, we're very good at pretending like we're all going to live forever. Yeah. We're all very good at being ignoring the fact that nobody's getting out of this life alive. And we get so consumed with what people are going to well, think of you us. You guys might not. <laughs> you guys figured out. It's monsters. Yeah. Monster. Yeah, the monster. He's preserving it, though. <laughs> Me too, though. I'm in the same Just boat. a little bit, of t- little bit at a time. <laughs> it's, it's got embalming fluid in it. So it's yeah. perfect, and he'll, he'll live forever. 
sick. <laughs> but I think, I think so many people, they're so concerned about what people are going to think if they start a podcast or mm. write a book or post on social media, start a business. They're so scared of failure. They're so scared of the outcome of the uncertainty of being judged. And they never take a step. They live in so much fear of what could happen. And usually it's on the bad side. I could fail. It could go wrong. I could fall on my face. People could think I'm stupid. People it could, could, could. What if? And they don't dare to ask the what if in a positive sense. Mm. Well, what if it works out? What if it changes my life? What if I meet the love of my life? What if I impact millions of people? What if I impact one person? Why not you? Like, why not go for it? Life, you're clock is ticking. My clock is ticking. And so I'm thankful for the beautiful gift I got given in an ugly package of my sister passing away. That was the silver lining of your time is limited. So you better go for it, sister, whatever you want to do here, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop hating yourself over a mistake that you made in your past. Stop doubting yourself and go see what you can do. Mm. What a, what a statement. The beautiful gift wrapped in an ugly package, right? Because it's yeah. not ideal. When you think about your ideals, you don't, that's not even in the picture. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not what I want to happen. And, and so learning to navigate with the, the ideals. And I think that's where we feel most of our suffering. Lisa Feldman Barrett talks about, you know, depression and anxiety is when we feel like we're not measuring up to these ideals that we have, or we think others have. And these ideals are the killers of, of like valuing yourself and loving yourself because yeah, we would like things to go a certain way, but life often shows us that it can go in other directions and being able to navigate that is, is super important because life will throw challenges. Mm -hmm. But the one thing you can count on no matter is, is you, Ryan, did you have a thought? No, just I'll I mean, throw, I, put you on the spot there. No, that's that's all right. You can do that. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking. I just was just thinking about my life and and the different challenges and the things that that have come into my life. That's all. I'm just sitting here contemplating. I probably looked like I was delving into this. Like had this deep thought. It was just self <laughs> self. It was just thinking about like what yeah. what she was talking about and thinking about my life and going, wow, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Perfect. That's all. I didn't have any like. Well, that right there, that right there is, you know, the self-reflection, the reflecting is how does this impact you? Like if you're listening to this, how is this landing? What's coming up in you? What can you sit with? What can you accept and acknowledge? What can you do today that you've been putting off to tomorrow? Who can you tell that you love, you know, that you love them or who can you sit with today or what event do you, have you always wanted to do that you're not doing? Go get that ice cream. It's not It's not the numbing out thing that we were talking about earlier. This is that enjoying life and being present kind of thing is what I'm hearing, right? There's that, no more. you know, anybody that gives advice with a trident behind them, <laughs> you, you need to listen to. <laughs> is that an Aquaman trident? Because that is the coolest thing ever, by the way. It's pretty close. It came from a Halloween costume. My brand is the Mermaid Gang, and so I have like everything mermaid. And so my husband dressed up one year, and That's that was awesome. his, that was his thing. And when we moved into this house, we're like, maybe we should put the trident above the door. <laughs> <laughs> of course, where else would he you raises put it? it up with yeah. one hand? He's like, oh, I did. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about you know um, vision and abundance. So. The, there's 
a view around abundance and we can talk about accessibility and things like that too, but abundance, you know, there's this idea that you need to go acquire it and that we need to have it and we need to get more of it. And we have this view that abundance is already around you. You're surrounded by abundance and there's nothing to go create because it's already created. What you're doing instead is transforming the abundance that surrounds you. And part of that transformation comes from the visions that you have about your future and what you're bringing into the present. It's like a parent kind of has an idea. They want a child, but they can't, they, they don't know, you know, if it's going to be a boy or a girl or what, they just get excited. I'm going to bring a child into this world because it's something that's not here yet that I'm going to bring into this reality. And there's certain things that have to happen for that to occur. And part of it is transforming what is into what could be. Right. So the idea here of, of creating abundance or, or creating from the abundance. Right. And I'd love to hear your views as we go into this. And that's why I'm priming you. Right. So that you think the way I think. But, but being able to vision beyond what is like Einstein said, when you accept what is your limitations, then you can move beyond them. And Einstein says, you know, imagination is more important than reality. Again, this is reaching beyond what is and pulling it and transforming it into our realities. Can you speak to that a little bit? Do you have some more views around abundance and vision that would really impact our viewers? Yeah, these are. This is one of my favorite topics yeah. to talk about. Okay, uh, I'm with you though. I believe ab abundance is within. We are abundant. We are infinite beings. There is no abundance that's an external thing. It's, it's within you. And once you can feel how abundant you are in this moment, even if your bank account is at zero, even if you're struggling, even if you're whatever, the fact that you are living right now watching this, that is so much abundance. And when you can feel gratitude for life, mm. what a gift. And I think far too many people miss that giant piece of abundance. They say, well, my job sucks. My relationship sucks. I don't have money, right? Focusing on everything they don't have. If you woke up today, that is the greatest gift because there is somebody right now praying for one more day, mm. one more day with their babies, one more day with their family. And you just got to wake up today. Like that's abundance. And so once you can just start there, wow, I'm so thankful to be alive. One of my favorite gratitude practices is I always say, what if you woke up today with the things that you were thankful for yesterday? Mm. What would you have? And that really shifted. Wow. wow I was yeah. very thankful can, yesterday. Ooh. <laughs> can you say that again? Yeah. Say that one more time. What if you woke up today? with only the things you were thankful for yesterday, wow. what would you have? Huh. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Say it again to my Sorry. face. <laughs> Can you yeah, say it but, in Spanish? <laughs> working on it. But really like sit with that. And so that shifted my gratitude practice. Mm. Every day people think like abundance. I have to be thankful that I have a million dollars. I have to be thankful I have a mansion. I can only yeah, be thankful yeah. when I have those things. Like, no, what do I actually want to wake up with tomorrow? My health, my son, my husband, our mm. home, food in the fridge, electricity to keep us cool or warm, like so many simple things that if I didn't have those tomorrow, I really would be devastated. Yeah. I really would be sad. 
Well, you can't so, separate gratitude and abundance. It, they they go hand in hand, and and you'll notice that that the more grateful you become in your world, the more abundance you start to see. Mm-hmm. And and the, the beauty of the universe is it's abundant by default. And so there's what, what the hell are you creating? Like Elon Musk didn't create Mars so he could fly to it; it's already there, <laughs> right? Like what are you creating? There, there's not creating and, and creation. That word is more of a gardener. That, that's where that word comes mm-hmm. from is gardening. It, it's, it's growing, it's planting, it, it's cultivating, but you're taking what is and you're transforming those into what you have in mind. And it, it, you know, Steve Hardison, who's on, he posts every morning, he adjusts his pillows. He's got all these pillows on his bed. Every morning you see him stacked in different forms or all over the room, whatever. But he, he starts his morning with a creative process and, and even though that's a small and simple thing, it primes the mind to start looking for where can I create? And Steve, don't let me speak for you, but I'm, I'm going to speak <laughs> for you. But that's what I imagine he's doing is taking what is and transforming it into anything he can imagine. There's Infinite possibilities. Nothing. Yeah. I nothing off the table. The powerful practice. Yeah. Yeah, there's that that uh, make your bed. Remember that? I don't know if you've heard that from the Navy captain. He says make your bed first thing in the morning, and that's your accomplishment. But this goes this goes a step further. Is throw your pillows all over the room, right? Like it's it's a creative process of taking what is and transforming it into what you have in mind, and that can be anything. Yeah, time to yeah, put looks, more pillows. Yeah, it looks like I need more pillows. I only got a couple. So. Pillow fight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about your uh, legacy. Why are you doing what you're doing? What, what is your reason, your gift that you want to give to the world? I really just want the people who are struggling with their mental health or struggling with self-harm, or it doesn't even have to be that deep or that heavy because not everyone will experience self-harm. Not everyone's going to go through a mental health struggle. I believe it. my mission goes so much deeper that we are telling ourselves these stories of why we can't. I can't do it because I didn't graduate high school. I can't do it because I'm a felon. I can't do it because I have scars on my legs. I can't do it because give your laundry list of le- reasons why you can't do something. And people mm-hmm. focus on that story so much as to why they can't because of their past, their background, whatever. And I just want to shake everyone and say, why not you? Why can't you? Yeah, you have a laundry list of reasons why you can't. The Mm. one reason why you can, you're a living, breathing human who still has time on this earth. That's the Mm. only reason that you need. And that was my story from struggling with self-harm and hating myself for five years, hiding for five years, wearing, wearing pants through the summer, not wearing shorts, not living my life to the fullest. And finally, one day I said, well, why not you? Back to that Mm. vision piece. I decided to stop telling myself this story and having this vision of you have scars on your legs. They make you ugly. It makes your dreams not possible. You blew it. You can't, you can't be a model. You can't pursue your dreams because you made a mistake when you're 15 years old. And this is your fate. This is your fate for the rest of your life. And now you're Miss Utah International. Yep. Right. Like you are that it's not, it's not, I would like to become that you are that. And that's regardless of anything that ever occurred. Right. Yeah. And so I I changed the story. I I just decided to say, well, 
You can allow this thing that happened to you to find the rest of your life. And you already tried that for five years and it was pretty miserable. But what if we change the story and say, why not you? You're just as good as anybody else. So why don't you go for it? And then I went on to have a really successful modeling career. I walked in New York Fashion Week, Billboards Magazine, yeah. won international bikini contests, like despite the scars on my leg. Me too. All, bikini all. contest. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. You know, but all these- In case you, didn't, all, in case you I, thought that I, was real. Yeah, I mean, I could see in a bikini, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I think so many people are just letting this story dictate their life and it frust frustrates me to watch people do it. And so my legacy is proving yeah. to people that the, if you change the story you tell yourself, you can change your life and you really can do anything you set your mind out to. You might have challenges that make it a little bit harder for you. You might have to work a little harder. You might have to learn a little bit more. You might have to do more work than someone who doesn't have those past challenges but the past challenges don't mean it's not possible for you. I, I want to read something. I was trying to find this in the book that ties exactly into what you're saying. And Steve Hardison, who's on with us, said this to me in a parking lot in a welfare center in Salt Lake City back in 2009. And so, you know, for those that are, are uh, listening, this is from the book, The Giants and the Smalls. And uh, Remy or Ritt talks to the uh, giant. He says, Remy, can I ask you something? And Remy says, yes. And Ritt, Ritt said, can you? Yes, Remy said before he could finish. Ritt looked at him confused. How can you say yes if you don't even know what I'm going to ask? Remy said, there's nothing you can ask that's bigger than me. I can do anything you ask. The question is, will I? Ritt thought about it. There's nothing the giant can't do. That sounds impossible. How can he do everything? He was so stunned by Remy's answer, he'd forgotten what he was going to ask. Ritt was still thinking about that and Remy, what Remy had said when Remy spoke. Ritt, you have that same gift. In fact, all smalls and giants can do anything. Smalls tell themselves all the reasons why they can't do something, and that keeps them from becoming giants. Mm -hmm. like, to me, that is exactly what just came out of your mouth, is we tell ourselves all the reasons why we can't, and then that keeps us from becoming giants, right? Absolutely. It's powerful. Verbatim. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a direct <laughs> quote from uh, Kenzie Ray and the Giants and the Smalls. <laughs> awesome. Ryan, do you have some final thoughts here? Um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about uh, doing that self-reflection. And uh, so for those of you that are at home and, and you hear Kenzie Ray's story um, and her message, well, she changed her story. Her story was her story until it wasn't her story anymore. And she changed it and she realized that she is giant already. You are giant. You are, you're there. You just don't know it. You got to uncover uh, all the stuff, all the judgments and the, and the, the things that we tell ourselves, uh, you know, all the reasons why we can't. And this is just re re reiterating what you guys just said, but I'm so grateful that, um, Kinsey, that you did change your story because of the uh, the amount of people that hear it and now have the courage and and to to step up and and um, change their lives and change their story and then now they can be an, an example and, and a voice for other people as well as they navigate their challenges and and maybe they're not taught those tools that will help them get there but now they have somebody that, that can help them. 
So the ripple effect is is absolutely massive. Um, I know that um, Al Richards is here. He's, he says right here, he says, hey, reach out when you got a moment. Say the ripple effect is huge. You've you've done stuff with uh, with Al and Mallory and 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 um, those beautiful humans, and that has gone out. And then those people that heard your message are then turning around and taking a part of that into their life, and it, and it just it emanates from you. It's uh, your your energy and who you are um, is absolutely amazing. So thank you so much for uh, changing your story. And now living this one and helping so many others uh, build their toolboxes so that they can navigate life's challenges. So thank you. Thank you. That, I received that. That means that means a lot to me because I believe the greatest gift that we can give ourselves is seeing what we're capable of and becoming the giant that we are because you never know who needs your story, mm. who needs your impact, who needs your light. We are all here for a purpose. And I think in a hard moments, we forget that. There are no mistakes. You're here for a purpose, for a reason, and you owe it to yourself to figure out what that is. And it's not going to be easy. If I can leave a final thought, it's not changing your thoughts one day, making new decisions one day, and your life's going to be completely different tomorrow. And I think people get discouraged in that. They think, well, I thought positive today and I woke up tomorrow. My life is no different. <laughs> no, it is a journey. This doesn't work. She lied to me. <laughs> I want a so, refund. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a journey. It's a this it's an ever going process yeah. that you need to commit to. It's a practice for me to this day. And so realize the time spent working to become the best version of yourself, it's worth it. And it's usually small, tiny micro steps at a time, small, tiny progress that you can't see in the moment. But when you commit to that process, you allow the compound effect to kick in, you'll look back and you'll go, wow, I'm a completely different person. And I'm so glad I did the work. Yeah. Ryan, what do we say about that? Small steps? It's giants take small steps. They're just giant to smalls. They're just small. They're small to giants. Like they're just yeah. normal steps. They just keep stepping. Yeah. I love that. Something yeah. like that. So yeah, but yeah. It wasn't even close. But. I added a few more steps to it. Uh Kizzy, tell us about this. You've got a promo code for our viewers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have my uh happier days ebook. It goes over my three-step process of understanding emotions, identifying your current patterns, and creating new healthy habits. It's the exact process that I use to overcome my life's challenges and become the woman I am today. And I would love to give your viewers a free copy. So if you awesome. go to KinseyRay.com, you can order it and get it for free with the promo code giant. Awesome. Okay. So go do that. Make sure you click on that. So KinseyRay.com and then put in the promo code giants. And so that was made just for our viewers, which is pretty rad. Yay. So yeah, <laughs> you know, as we wrap up here, uh, a lot to reflect on for sure today, you know, especially when it comes to self-harm and navigating that and moving so far beyond it. It's like that, that becomes foreign territory. You still have the scars from it, but it's not who you are anymore. And, it, and it's amazing. It's testament that you, you may still have scars. That's, that's okay. The body's designed for that, but you don't have the pain anymore. You don't have the suffering anymore. And that's, that's the beautiful thing. Um, you just, a, just a phenomenal message today about sticking with it, giving yourself some grace and space to navigate the, the messiness of what we call being human, 
right? We're all humans. And I think for so long, we were taught to deny our humanness. And what you're teaching today is to embrace that, to love on it, to give it space and time, to treat it like your best friend, right? And and move forward and become a giant. And, you know, one thing we say with the giants is there's no becoming a giant. There's just unbecoming small. So anything that makes you feel insignificant, you're unbecoming that and your giant naturally expresses because it's already in there. It's like the uh, acorn doesn't have to go find itself to be an oak tree. It's already that. And so that's what yeah, we teach. That. So when we're, um, you know, as we're coming up in this, this next week, we have our Sum Gigante groups. These are our eight week courses that we go through where we teach the 12 journeys and we dive deep, deep into these. So if you go to 12journeyscoaching.com, you can read all about our program. We'd love to have you be involved. There's a lot of ways to create your seat in that. If you want to have a dialogue with me, reach out to me and I'll let you know what it looks like and be happy to serve you in a coaching conversation. And so we're grateful for our viewers. Your comments make these shows absolutely amazing. Uh, be sure to go visit KenzieRay.com again, one more time and support her and <laughs> what she's doing. <laughs> I was going to do this. We haven't, in a while. we haven't used that in a long time, but uh, thank you so much for being on with us. Uh, make yeah, it a giant thank you for day. having me. Yeah, you're you're welcome. I don't even know what the next sentence is going to be. I love it. <laughs> uh, thank you for being on. For those that are watching, go make it a giant day. We'll see you in the next video. Love you too.